The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. It's time for Inside Hollywood. I'm joined by pop culture journalist Jen Gannon. Good morning, Jen. Good morning. You are anticipating a big event later this week. Yes. On Friday, we have the release of one of 2024's most highly, I think, anticipated films. It's Denis Villeneuve's Dune 2. So it's the sequel to the sci-fi epic that was released in 2021 that stars Timothée Chalamet and Zendaya. Um, And it's a biggie, like for a lot of people, I think, because a lot of people have, including Denis Villeneuve, the director himself, have a history with the book, um, Mm. which is their breeze block novels written by Frank Herbert back in the 60s. And then the legacy is taken over now by his son, Brian. Now, I started to watch Dune 1 before we knew there would be a Dune 2 and I lost the will to live. Yes. Now, a lot of people have issues with a, the length of these films, because they're clocking in about, you know, two and a half, three hours. And it's a lot to commit to. There's a lot of world building and, and different kind of narratives to get used to. And if you're used to what the superhero kind of sci-fi films that we are getting these days in the multiplexes, it's low on humour. It takes itself very seriously. But I will say, if you are willing to go with it, I think visually... I think Danny Villeneuve is known for being a, a very visual director. If you know, you know, his past sci-fi work, like something like Arrival or the sequel to, you know, Ridley Scott's Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049, you know that he takes these big risks. In a way, he has this widescreen vision like a director like Christopher Nolan, where he wants to take you on this journey, a very visceral journey in, you know, this trip into this different world. And I think that's what people are connecting to with the film. It's visually arresting, I have to say. Now, the, the, the movie or the book, which became the movie mm. and other movies too, yes. it has a history. So it, would you explain who tried it and who failed? It's very difficult to, you know, taking on something like June, it's a beloved text, first of all, but the story is unwieldy and intricate and it has, it's not an easy thing to translate to the screen. And he's not, you know, Villeneuve is not the first director to attempt an adaptation of the book. So, Back in the 70s, you had the surrealist Chilean filmmaker Alejandro Jodorowsky. He attempted to make this wild version of Dune, which would have included the music of Pink Floyd and starring Orson Welles as Baron Harkonnen, but that never got off the ground. Then in 1984, there's the David Lynch version. That starred Kyle MacLachlan, Sean Young and Sting. And David Lynch is a really distinctive filmmaker you'd know from, you know, something like a masterpiece like Blue Velvet or Mulholland Drive. And he has this very unique style and the studio, Universal Pictures, their vision of Dune, they wanted it, you know, 1984, it was around the time of, you know, Star Wars and Return of the Jedi. They wanted something to match up to that. Mm. But Dune isn't like that. It's kind of, it's way more intellectual. It's way more philosophical. It's way, it's a lot deeper and darker and surreal. And David Lynch's three-hour vision did not match up to the studio. So what mm. you're left with is this messy, muddled attempt at trying to bring Dune to the screen. And David Lynch has never, you know, gotten over that. He, he hates it so much and mm. he never will watch Villeneuve's attempt he said and neither will Jodorowsky Jodorowsky thinks that you know Dune is unadaptable and the material is just too much and he's happy to see people fail he said trying to bring Dune to the screen Well let's hear uh, Denis Villeneuve himself and you know what brought him to this particular project The key for me was to uh, um, really make sure that I was as close as possible to the spirit of the book. I think I felt secure to uh, because I, uh, my relationship with the with the book was so intimate that I, I was feeling that I was I would be able to bring something out of it that will feel true to the nature of the book. Uh, um, 
I didn't thought about the, the, the previous work that has been done. I just kept my focus on Frank Herbert's novel. That was my Bible. I kept it through these dates with me, beside me. I, and, and it was my main source of inspiration. And, and uh, why, why, when I was in doubt, I was just going back to the Bible, reading Dune again and finding my answers. And mm. uh, it was like a meditative process being close to this beautiful masterpiece that uh, uh, deeply inspired me and uh, uh, still deeply moves me and gives me so much energy. When, so it's like uh, I just kept in contact with that, not thinking about the outside world at all. I, I made this movie, frankly, I think that made this movie for me. I made that movie for me. Yeah, yes. he loved June forever. He said, like, you know, he read it when it was he was 13 and it blew his tiny mind. And him and a friend of his made all these storyboards of images from June. So he already, at that young age, was thinking, you know, forward thinking, thinking, I want to direct this one day, which is an amazing feat. <laughs> no, I'm going to set your challenge to explain to us in about 30 seconds. What's it about? <laughs> oh God, it's your basic chosen one narrative. So you have this young nobleman, Paul Atreides, played by Timothée Chalamet, and he's trying to get to grips. His parents are trying to get him to grips with the idea of becoming a leader because his father and mother have been tasked with ruling this desert planet, the um, Arrakis, Arrakis, which is like the source of this mind-altering cycle psychotropic drug-ish drug thing called Spice. It's like Spice World without the Spice Girls. And they're taking over this planet from the very destructive Harkonnens. Um, and they had this reign over Arrakis and they cruelly dealt with the planet's indigenous population, the Fremen. So it's all about Paul kind of becoming a leader and maybe sorting out this, you know, the Fremen and maybe helping them to realise their freedom. Mm -hmm. But he is a complicated individual. So he is definitely not your typical hero. He's struggling with, you know, the darkness in his mind and whether he wants to take on this mantle or not to become the hero of this of these people. So it's yeah. a kind of a Messiah-ish story. Uh, yeah, exactly that. Yes. I mean, Jesus, the chosen one. Exactly. Uh, and a lot of the visual references, you know, uh, Villeneuve has said they're, they're from like Zeffirelli's Jesus of Nazareth, um, Lawrence of Arabia. So that's the kind of sweeping mm. epic you're getting involved in with June. Now, he talks about why he chose uh, Timothy Chalamet. Uh, have a listen. Timothée Chalamet was my first choice at the beginning. There was just one Paul Atreides on Earth right now for me. And uh, I had, I, uh, there, there was one name on the, the list. And uh, I met Timothée and we both uh, uh, agreed spontaneously uh, that we will work together. It was not um, difficult to convince Timothée. The, um, I chose Timothée for several reasons. Uh, first of all, he's a, he's a phenomenal actor. Is someone that uh, has a lot of depth, someone that is very mature for his age, because Paul Atreides is a whole soul in a young body, and I need it. Uh, Timothy has that. First of all, he looks much younger than he is. Sometimes I look in the camera and he looks like uh, 15 years old. It's it's uh, it's uh, <laughs> very impressive how young you he, he looks, and Timothy is maybe 23 or something. So that was very useful because uh, I had in the eyes something uh, uh, older and he's already uh, uh, very mature for his, his age so that that contrast was very important also he has uh, features that uh, for me has uh, reminds me of the old school hollywood movie stars he's a real movie star he has that insane charisma insane charisma you cannot you put Timothy in front of the camera, and it's just an explosion. I mean, it's like uh, uh, the, the camera grabs him. It's, a, it's he's, he's uh, 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 super charismatic, and and uh, uh, I needed that uh, for Paul. Paul is a young man that uh, at one point 
will need to rise people to become a leader. A career, yeah, yeah, he needs the charisma of a leader, and and Timothy uh, totally has that. He, he, he in a way, uh, he does. I, mean, I don't know if he maybe he knows it. He's a rock star, <laughs> and, and 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 I needed that kind of of, uh, of a charisma, and uh, I needed someone that will be able also to portray the de different layers of Paul. He clearly likes him. <laughs> I mean, he's like me. He's a Charlemagneac, I suppose. <laughs> That's the two of yeah, us. I mean, Charlemagne has this kind of pre-Raphaelite look yes. about him, uh, yes. w which is uh, obviously quite appropriate to this. The idea, though, that he can look young, he can look old. So I'm recently on Graham Norton. Uh, I think he was talking about Wonka. Mm. Um, how was he in Wonka? I loved him in Wonka. I think he's a really versatile actor because like, he comes from Juilliard you know, in New York, the school, and he's a, you know, traditionally grew up doing song and dance. So he's very adaptable to something like Wonka, which is the first time I think we've seen him do that because he's been in you know, an art house kind of world you know, with Luca Guadagnino, those kind of films. And now he's kind of branching out and expanding his range a bit more. So it's something like mm. Wonka, you can see the lightness, the touch, the comedy, the versatility the singing the dancing you know he can do it all and then with something like June it's a really big it's his first franchise really unless they make Wonka into one it's a very clever move I think yeah. because it's an esoteric sci-fi film Is he film. The, the new DiCaprio? I think that's what people are shaping up you know for him to be and even Leonardo DiCaprio has given him a device and he said no superhero movies and stay away from drugs and I think you know maybe this is his dipping his toe in the water of a, a kind of superhero film, but something a bit different and a bit darker, more intelligent, more esoteric, as I okay, said. Okay, now where did Dune 1 leave people? I mean, did it leave them hanging? Was it, it inevitable there would be a, a sequel? Yeah, he always said that he's splitting the first book, which is huge, into two. And then there's potential to move on to the third book, which is the darkest book, Messiah. So when you finish Dune 1, you know, we're, we're not really introduced. We're a little bit introduced to Zendaya's character, Shani. So she's one of the Fremen and there's a romance that's going to involve her and Paul in this film. And then maybe, as he said, he's thinking about bringing the third book to the screen, Messiah, which is the darkest one. So that that would be his dream, he said, just to do, to keep it to the trilogy because there's so many other Dune books that he's like, I want to just stick to these three. All so right. we'll see if that happens. And people can gorge on they Dune. Um, this, it's released Friday, is it? It right? is Friday. But I mean, I think the Lighthouse Cinema in Dublin, I know that for sure, are, are doing the double. So you can watch, you know, one and two. If, if you're that way inclined, you can spend all day in the cinema gorging on, you know, so, in so the middle can, of the so desert, gorging on spice. Go <laughs> off and have your lunch. Exactly. Ride, ride the sandworm for the whole day, which is, you know, for some people that is something that they'd look forward to. I don't know if I'd be that intense with it, but like, I'm looking forward to seeing it anyway. It's a big screen spectacle. And I think that's what people enjoy, you know, going back to the cinema for, to be blown away by, you know, visual, stunning visuals. And, and that's something that June definitely has in spades. Jen Gannon, pop culture journalist. Thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.